0: I feel like a dog right now, but at least a really well-trained dog. How can you tell if your dog is well-trained? Well, you can have a treat somewhere near your dog, and you can say, wait, wait, and the dog very obediently waits, and and then when you say it's okay, the dog will eat the treat. Can you smell the studio right now? If you are anywhere near downtown, make sure you walk by King and Wellington and just just breathe in because all I smell in the studio right now is a Rolo cupcake that was prepared by Hey Cupcake. It's part of what Signature's is doing on Monday and I'm going to be able to eat it, but not right now. The agreement is I will eat it when I talk about what Signature's is doing on Monday. And that's coming up in about a half hour. So, in the meantime, can you smell the chocolate? It's unreal what it's done. I think I might just take this home. I think I want my house to smell like this. This is like, I'm going to at least put this in a car for a while. This is a car air freshener. This is an amazing smell. But I still feel like that dog that's been told you can't eat this yet. Half hour. I'll tell you what it tastes like. In the meantime... Run to Hey Cupcake. You can get one of your own. It has Rolo bits on top of it. Hey, I need some help. Not just eating the cupcake. Sorry, I'm not offering that at all. Uh, I really want to... I might split it with Christian. Christian Davino is producing the show. Christian, should we split the cupcake? Are you in? For sure. Okay. He says yes. You, I thought you'd be more enthusiastic about it than that. I just offered you half of this cupcake that's filling the studio with aromatic chocolate smells. It looks beautiful. I could say that. Okay, well, we'll get you to come around in your excitement. I'm going to bring the cupcake into your room, and then you will be way more excited about this. In the meantime, I do need some help with something because I'm struggling to understand. And I haven't been able to find any good reason for this at all. Remember the story we were talking about on Monday? Or even if you didn't catch that, you know the story of the fan that ran onto the field at the BC Lions game? We were discussing that just a little bit on Monday. And I figured it would come up again this week. It has. This fan has hired a law firm. And the fan has decided to look into a lawsuit because apparently the fan suffered a mild but traumatic brain injury. I don't know what that is. Mild and traumatic at the same time. Never heard of that. Isn't a brain injury traumatic? Isn't it just significantly traumatic, no matter what? Mild but traumatic brain injury. If you haven't seen the video, it's now, I think, been viewed over a million times. Marcel Young, who plays for the BC Lions, is watching this guy romp around on the field. And eventually he comes Close to Marcel Young, and Young knocks him down. And I guess that's where this mild but traumatic brain injury exists. This is one of those things that, in my mind, is wasting court's time. And we run into these things every once in a while. So I want to take this off the football field and put it into life. If we look at someone who does something that they're not supposed to do and winds up getting injured, how much sympathy? do we have for that person should that person be allowed to sue should that person be allowed to do anything here are the examples i used on a minute with mike let's say that you are walking somewhere and there's a cliff and someone has constructed a fence so they've put the fence along in front of the cliff to warn you that the cliff is there maybe there's a sign that says hey cliff Stay away. And they don't just mean people named Cliff. They want everybody to stand way, way back. So they've put a fence. If you see the fence and if you see the sign, yet you climb over the fence, ignoring the sign, and you fall down the cliff, do you have any rights? I don't think you should. Here's another example. If you break into a house... So you, again, have gone somewhere you are not supposed to be. You've gained access to a house that is not yours. You are not babysitting. You are not plant sitting. You are not dog sitting. You're in the house. Shouldn't be there. Maybe you're a burglar. And let's say that you trip going down the stairs and you hit your head and you suffer a mild but traumatic brain injury. Do You have any rights? I don't think you should have rights. There is no way you should have rights. What, to sue the homeowner that they hadn't fixed a step that they had no idea you were going to step on? To, what, sue the contractor? Because, well, the way that those stairs were constructed made it difficult to get down in the dark. And my client slipped and fell and banged their... Your client shouldn't have been there in the first place. Is this story about B.C. not the same thing? Do we have to protect people? Do we have to give people options for being in a place that they're not supposed to be and then suffering an injury? I mean, the legal system has inundated us with waivers. There isn't very much that you can do right now that involves anything other than walking down a sidewalk or going and having a nice meal at a restaurant where you don't need to fill out a waiver. Oh, yeah, you want to do that? No problem. Here's our waiver. I don't know how much waivers hold up in court, but if you have a waiver that says, Hey, should I be injured? I'm fully aware of the risks of what I am doing. You know, you want to go up a rock climbing wall? Here's a waiver. You want to go down a ski hill? Here's a waiver. And that's what you do. You sign these things. And they are there for the protection of... The organization, the company, the owner of whatever it is that you're taking part in. But in a case where someone is trespassing, there's no chance of a waiver. You can't leave one in your mailbox and put a sign on the front door saying, Hey, by the way, if you're breaking into my house, could you sign this waiver just in case you happen to fall down and hurt yourself? That way I'm not liable. Now, that's an extreme case, and I'm sure it doesn't apply. But the guy in B.C. has been able to to get a lawyer to take his case and feels that there is a case. The B.C. Lions have not responded. Marcel Young, the guy who knocked this Yahoo in the underwear down, has not responded. What do you think? Should someone have the ability to go after either damages or, I don't know what he's looking for, a letter of apology? I'm sure he's looking for money in this case. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. Does somebody like that have the right to go after someone else or should you relinquish all rights the moment you step somewhere where you're not supposed to be? I'm having trouble figuring this one out because I know how I feel, but then I'm watching it play out and it's playing out completely different. What do you think? Let's open the phones. 519-643-2222. That's 519-643-2222. Out of town, 1-866-354-8255. You can email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. You can tweet me at Stubbs980. If you are somewhere where you're not supposed to be, and something happens to you, and you suffer an injury, you have any rights? I say no. Am I wrong? 519-643-2222. Email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. Back with that in a moment. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Already the responses are coming in. I just got one from Kevin that I can't wait to discuss with you. Here's what we're talking about. The guy in BC who ran onto the field of the Lions game, got knocked down by Marcel Young, has hired a lawyer and... We don't know what he's going to do, but the lawyer has come out saying he has suffered a mild yet traumatic brain injury. Here is something from Peter. Peter says, first, he had a ticket for a seat at the stadium, not a ticket for the field. Second, he must have had a brain injury before he ran onto the field to do something that stupid. Third, he should have run faster. Maybe he wouldn't have been clocked. That was possibly the hit of the year. And then, thank you, Peter, for all Ticats fans. He signs it. Oski Wee Wee, Red Blacks and Saskatchewan tonight in the CFL, and looks as though the Ottawa Red Blacks will have the guy they are most concerned about having, and uh, that is their own starting quarterback. He's he's going to play tonight, so that's that's at least good news for them. Let's go to the phones with Rob. Rob, what do you think of this situation?
1: <clears throat> well. I think the guy's an idiot. He must have been stupid before he ran out in the field because he obviously took a hit that made him even more stupid now. So, you know, I think he has shouldn't have any rights. I mean, if, for instance, I'm riding my ATV and I see a uh, no trespassing sign on a farmer's property and I ride across that guy's property and I hit a fence post, I didn't see it and I get hurt, you know. I don't have I really shouldn't have the right to sue the guy because he's done due diligence to tell me that you're not wanted here. Correct?
0: Exactly. And you know what? What are you supposed to do? He can't help it that he owns a fence post that somebody happens to run into. He owns a fence post. Good for him. Yeah. And and
1: but it happens all the time. That's why there's so many farmers that, you know, have taken extreme measures to keep people off their land because of the issue of being sued for somebody else's Ignorance and stupidity.
0: Well said. Thank you for the call, Rob. Great day. Take care. Al says the problem is that there have been cases where someone has basically done a break and enter into private property, has incurred an injury, and has successfully sued the homeowner. So what should happen is not always what happens. There are real U.S. and Canadian examples of this. Absolutely. I mean, you know the rule in Canada, and I unless it's changed in the last month or two, and I haven't heard anything about this, you know the rule in Canada if somebody breaks into your home, right? You can only use the amount of force that is used upon you. So if somebody breaks down your door, wanders into your entranceway, you can be, you know, sitting there reading a book. You can't run and tackle that person and knock them to the ground. You cannot pick up a chair from the dining room table and swing it and hit them. You can't do that. You can be charged. Because you have to use the force that is used upon you. Well, that's something I've always had a problem with in that this is my property. You know, obviously, when we get into countries that have guns more readily available, we have pretty dire consequences for some of those people. Now... I don't have a gun in my home. I'm not going to shoot anybody. But if somebody comes through the door and my family's at risk, I don't care if one of my cats is at risk. I'm going to do something to protect those people or those cats. And yet you can't. I mean, we do skew too far toward someone who shouldn't be a victim. Someone who makes themselves a victim. Look at this guy in B.C. Takes off his pants Right away, that's not a good sign. if you are anywhere and you take off your pants, that's not good. That's You should recognize immediately, huh, I'm on a a bit of a shaky path here. I've just removed my pants, and I'm in public. In fact, I'm surrounded by thousands of people. Let I me mean, look, is this true? Yes, look, I've removed my pants. Now I'm going to stand up. And start walking somewhere. That That's not a good idea either. In fact, I'm going to start walking toward a place where I'm not supposed to go. Then I'm going to hop over some kind of fence, something that's a barrier. I'm going to get by that. And then I'm going to run out onto the field. And I have not made any of the teams, and that's what I'm going to do. And then, oh, I'm going to run close to a guy and be shocked when he knocks me down and I hit my poor little head. Give me a break in all of this. 519-643-2222. But, as Rob just pointed out, this exists in a lot of places. Would you have a case if you ran a car into a fence post? Yeah, maybe. Should that fence post not have been there? And I bet you could find a very shrewd legal mind who would say, well, if you look, the fence post is actually out 17 degrees. So if you line it up with the other fence pose, technically that one's sticking out a little bit too far. You could find someone who is that brilliant. They exist. And they'll take your case. 519-643-2222. Rob, what do you think? I
2: think the guy forfeits his rights right away. As soon as he does something that stupid. uh, I, I I have a sign mounted inside my back door after I watch the guy Peering through my window at four in the morning, trying to scope the place out. I put the sign up and it states the simple fact that there's nothing in here worth losing your life over.
0: Now that's good. That's not a bad thing. Have you talked to a lawyer about anything like that as to how much protection that might provide you?
3: Uh No, no. But I uh, did have a
2: conversation with an officer once who will remain nameless. And told me that if i happened to catch someone and they happened to become injured that i should leave them on the sidewalk in front of my house and call and say i found them there
0: <laughs> i love the gray areas of life and that's a perfect example of one you have a good day hey rob thanks for the call 5196432222 that's a nice gray area of life i don't know how that guy yeah but you hit me you hit me i don't remember doing that do you have does anybody have any evidence you know, there's the one argument against having cameras record everything that we do. Because sometimes, in order to get people to learn, they've got to run into situations where a big defensive back knocks them to the ground. I bet he's not going to do that again. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it in the first place. Because I don't like taking off my pants in public, and that seemed to be a thing he had to do. 643 2222
4: Allen? Hey, Mike. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Good. The argument here is going to be that excessive force was used, right? He didn't have to get tackled the way that he did. He could have simply been escorted by security. Mm-hmm. But Here's the thing. I mean, how is, does the athlete know what the intentions of this guy is? He sees some guy without his pants running towards him. What would you do, right? How do you know he doesn't have a knife? I mean, does he want to be the next Monica Seles? That, that's all we need past. to
0: look at. You know, we've we've had this before where we've had a star tennis player, a female star tennis player, who had a stalker. Not enough was done. She was stabbed.
4: Yeah, no one wants to be a victim. So you know what? A, and a, a football player at that, what are you going to do? You're going to use your skills, right? I mean, you're good at it, so why wouldn't you tackle the guy?
0: You're doing, in, in my mind, you're doing security a favor. And no kidding. The, the whole thing becomes, and this is the argument that I... I I know it doesn't translate this easily to the law, but I'd love it to if you are somewhere where you're not supposed to be and something bad happens to you. So what? You shouldn't have been there.
4: Well, and I think there is a law that you're not supposed to be rewarded monetarily for having broken the law. So, I mean, if he is given a reward here monetarily, isn't that a reward for being, for having trespassed?
0: Yeah, that would be. Right. I hope that so law I mean, exists in BC. That law. Yeah. Alan, thanks anyway, for the call. Thanks for uh, the discussion. <laughs> Take care. 519-643-2222. Wayne, how you doing?
5: Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Um, was this guy nude?
0: No, he had underwear on.
5: Okay, because if the guy had been nude coming running down, he, he'd be up for sexual assault charges these days.
0: He could be. I mean, we I mean, looked if there at was this... a woman
5: sitting beside him when he got up and dropped his drawers, you know, whatever, I mean, there's sexual assault.
0: Well, we looked at this on Monday a little bit, as it was just happening, and without the, hey, he's hired a lawyer, and in Alabama, you can be written up as a sex offender.
5: Well, that's exactly, yep. I mean, if my wife was sitting there, and this guy stands up, drops his drawers, I mean, I'd be getting a lawyer. I mean, it's like,
0: join the club sort of thing. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad thing. Maybe that's the way to battle this. Well, maybe that's is. the way to show the legal system, let's make some tweaks to this, because we're all going to get lawyers, and we're all going to wind up it, bogging down it, courts.
5: It's already bogged down, Mike.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we got to find a way to yep. to clear that. Hey, yep. Wayne, thanks for the yep, call. No problem. Have a great day. 519-643-2222. Haven't even had a chance to talk about what Kevin had sent in. And maybe, maybe we can get some more feedback as to whether or not this is becoming normal. Can we even call it normal? We were talking about waivers. So you name it, you want to do something, you have to sign a waiver. Now, I can understand for skiing. I've had to sign a waiver many times to go downhill skiing, not just at Bowler, but all over the place. That's fine. I don't mind that. I've had to sign a waiver to do, you know, to fly in a jet plane, to you name it. Here, can you sign this? Yeah. I realize I'm taking some kind of risk to be doing this. You want to go for Rope for Hope? You sign a waiver. But you know what? The charity outweighs the risk, and they make things pretty safe. But here, yeah, I'll sign the waiver. Got a note from Kevin that says, I was in a golf tournament yesterday, and we all spent a lot of time dumbfounded before we teed off because we were handed waivers before the tournament began. We were asked to fill out the waivers. They basically said injuries due to golf cart accidents hit by golf ball, et cetera, et cetera. But we all signed our waivers before we started the tournament. We have a waiver for golf. We have a waiver for golf. This is a sport where you are encouraged to walk. This is a sport where you are encouraged to take your time. This is a sport that you do on a nice day, if you can. And you enjoy the outdoors as much as you do swinging and hitting a little white ball toward a flag sticking out of a flat patch, as Robin Williams called it. A waiver for... Is this something that's becoming normal? And, you know what, maybe we have to look at where waivers come from. What's the reason you have to have waivers? Well, because somebody did something stupid... And then we got in trouble for it, or we had to settle with them and pay their medical bills, or whatever it is. They took court action against us. That's where waivers come from. That's why when you buy an iron, look closely, it will say, do not iron shirt while wearing. Most irons will have that label. And why did that happen? We can point to any number of baseball players who have injured themselves. I think John Smoltz missed a start. I think he did. Because there was, I'll have to find the baseball pitcher and I will, but he was ironing a shirt and admits he heard something on TV and he was holding the iron in the air and he heard something on TV and he turned, turned his face so fast that he turned it into the iron. Couldn't play that night. So I'll find that. But if you have witnessed or if you have signed a waiver to play in a golf tournament, let us know. Is that becoming more of a thing? You can email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. Thank you for all of the thoughts. I feel like I'm living in a much more sane world than when the conversation began. Much appreciated. This is London Live. News is next. You're listening to Global News Radio, 980cfpl. Got a note from Brian. Brian says, hey, check tickets. He says, check tickets for the London Knights. Somewhere you'll find a waiver regarding getting hit by pucks. It's now in all sports, all venues. Legally, sports venues have to have a disclaimer read before the game. And it does happen at night's games. Mike Deloy reads it. He's the in-house announcer. Beware of flying pucks. Please be aware that pucks may leave the ice surface at any time. There's netting now, so it is a little safer. But take a look at what happened. It was at the Phillies game, wasn't it? The Philly Fanatic and the Hot Dog Gun. Did you see this? If I can find a video of it, and I'd love to find a video that does include the face of the woman involved in this. The Philly Fanatic had a hot dog gun. I don't know if you've ever played around with a t-shirt gun or a hot dog gun, but think about this. You have to be able to get those t-shirts or those hot dogs to the second deck. So they've got some oomph behind them. They're actually fun to play with, but they've got a lot of oomph. So if you turn and you go, and you shoot one of those things, it can be traveling. Well, last night, I'm pretty sure it was at the Phillies game yesterday that the Philly fanatic, the one with the big green nose, has the hot dog cannon and fires one and it hits a woman in the face. She has to actually leave the game and go to the hospital. Philadelphia was home to St. Louis last night. And unless these are old reports, yeah, that that was yesterday. Philadelphia won the game. She lost. And we'll likely now have an opportunity to what? Sue the Phillies? She has like a black eye and a cut from the hot dog hitting her in the face. While we're talking food, you realize what Monday is? You have marked this down on a calendar somewhere. Please tell me that you have put this into your phone. And if you have not, then... It's time because at Budweiser Gardens from 1130 in the morning until 130, they are going to have one of the best events of the year. They have lunchtime taste testing of some of London's best restaurants, some of London's best catering companies. They bring along all their best stuff, their signature dishes. And that's kind of what's taking place. It is the Signatures event at Budweiser Gardens, 1130 to 130. And we've been lucky enough because, hey, Cupcake brought along this chocolate cupcake. And I did take half of it and I put it in Christian Divino's studio. And Christian is now smiling big and wide because It's like an air freshener. It makes the studio smell like chocolate. Well, Christian, guess what? Now it is time to officially eat the cupcake from Hay Cupcake as part of the Signatures event coming up at Budweiser Gardens. Look at this thing. I cut it in half. I had no idea. There's like caramel in the middle. This is a Rolo cupcake, and that's basically what it is. Uh, They have filling. It's topped with milk chocolate buttercream, mini Rolos. I gave Christian two of the three Rolos. I hope he remembers. I automatically made him owe me, didn't I? If you have three Rolos and you give two to somebody else, they automatically owe you. Remember that time I gave you the extra Rolo? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what needs to happen now. See? See how that works? Uh, Let's give this a shot. Oh, my. That is outstanding. Mmm. Wow. That is really good. So get yourself to Budweiser Gardens. There are still tickets. And here's another one of the best parts. Proceeds are going to help out in the fight against Parkinson's. So tickets are $20. Oh, this is good. They include food. They include entry, multiple draws, and giveaways. And this is expected to be sold out. Uh, Our good friends at Fresh Radio, if you go to their website, so go to the Fresh Radio website. There is a link that you can click on, and it will give you all the information that you need. It'll give you a link to tickets. So that's the best thing to do right now: get your ticket and get there between eleven thirty and one thirty. Twenty bucks, and you will not only be helping out the fight against Parkinson's, you'll be treated to some of the best of the best that this city offers. Uh, Christian and I are going to continue to be treated by this right now. We'll take a quick break. Next up, while we're talking about delicious things, beer. We are going to be talking about beer because they're changing the standards. Mmm, that caramel, I don't know where they get that from. They're changing the standards for beer. What does that mean? What could that pot, what are they doing to beer? Does this relate to Bucka beer? It actually doesn't, but we're going to ask our next guest about that too. Because you've heard, of course, that a lot of the rebates that people are trying to get, they haven't been able to get. So if you're trying to get a rebate on adding in a thermostat, brand new thermostat, some of those have run out. Everything in the green on a rebate package, that now doesn't exist anymore, and this is because they've been clawed back by the government. Well, uh, we have a government that is going to be in power very soon. What, next week? I don't know if that's, time is flying. And they have said, buck a beer in their campaign— Think that'll happen? We'll have to ask that question next as well. So, beer on the way. Not for everyone, just as a topic. This is London Live. You're listening to Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Quick, name the two best campaign promises of the Doug Ford campaign cheaper gas, buck a beer, right? Are they not one and two, two and one, one and 1A? Well, the cheaper gas, I don't really see it yet. But don't worry. That's, that's not a thing that, that has been orchestrated just yet. End of cap and trade, that sounds maybe like a good thing. And we've still got to let the verdict ride on this one. Because already we've got a conference that's going on in Calgary. And there are companies saying, hey, I was set to do a lot of business in Ontario in solar power and solar energy and now the end of cap and trade means i'm gonna look elsewhere i'm gonna look at alberta i'm gonna look at the united states so i don't know how much of an impact that's going to have but already at least it has an impact in the way of discussion about it but cheaper gas we all like those things just depends on how we're getting there cheap beer yeah buck a beer that sounds good well We'll ask our next guest about that in a little bit. But first, we've got to understand something, because apparently they are changing the way that beer is described in the province of Ontario. Is that maybe a a good way to look at it? Um, Changing the standards of beer. And this actually goes beyond Ontario. This goes across the country but Ontario of course is affected by it. Joining us right now is a man who is well versed in all things beer and he's from London, Ontario. Ben Johnson is the owner and operator of Ben's Beer Blog, which you can visit at bensbeerblog.com and Ben has been nice enough to join us to fill us in on what all of this means. Ben, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? Not bad. A guy like you, we we even before we get to new standards in beer, we have to ask the question: favorite type of beer? Do you even have one?
6: Uh, it changes uh, from week to week, but uh, I would say in the summertime, I tend to gravitate more to what a, you'd call a dad beer or a lawnmower beer—those pilsers and lagers that go down easy when they're cold in the backyard. I mean, I'm a beer snob, but I like a nice cold pilsner or lager as much as the next guy.
0: What was it about? beer that got you just so interested in in trying beer and in in looking at at how the the industry is working all those sorts of things
6: honestly it was a a publication put out a call for a beer writer and i I liked beer and i liked writing uh and then the more and more i got involved in the beer scene the more i sort of went down the rabbit hole of getting involved in the craft beer industry and the craft beer community in ontario because it really is sort of uh hard to to get away from it once you're involved you start to meet the people that are you know making beer in your own backyard and who are super passionate about experimenting and trying new things with beer it's pretty hard to go back to you know buying a two-four of some macro brewed thing from a big multinational corporation
0: is craft beer still what you would call exploding is it still growing
6: it is it's growing despite all odds i would say i mean ontario has a pretty limited uh um retail environment. I mean, yes, we've added grocery stores to the mix, but it's still pretty small in terms of places you can actually sell your beer. So it's, it's kind of amazing that we continue to see more and more breweries opening up, considering that the places to sell beer have not grown exponentially to meet the demand. So, I mean, I've been forecasting that breweries will start to close, but I've been forecasting that for like three years. So I don't know what's happening. It's almost like
0: craft beer is growing despite all odds. We're talking with Ben Johnson, and you can read Ben's beer blog at bensbeerblog.com. We want to talk about a change that is coming, and it is the change of national beer standards. I don't know how many people even knew there were national beer standards. What does that even mean?
6: So basically, the the Canadian Food Inspection Agency wants to update the beer compositional standards, meaning basically they want to change what the legal definition of beer is, and they haven't been changed in a long, long time. So it's a good thing that they're finally looking at this.
0: Okay, so long as it's a, a positive, one thing we see is that they might widen the number of ingredients that you could put into a pint, does that mean we have more apple flavored beer or is that dealing with other items?
6: Uh, I guess there's two sides to this coin. I mean, purists will say that, you know, beer should only be made of four ingredients and you know they're adhering to the German, you know, beer purity laws, but in reality there were things in the old legislation that basically said the definition of beer like it had to meet the aroma, taste and characteristic of beer. So it's pretty vague. So there's a lot of stuff that wasn't really beer that was meeting that Standard And there's also a lot of stuff on the market right now that technically probably isn't beer because it does have a bunch of those additives and such that weren't in the definition. So, I mean, now that we have breweries experimenting with fruit and vegetables and lactose and all kinds of crazy things, it's it's definitely worthwhile to revisit what our standards of beer are so that we can consider, yeah, those things are beer. Like, I'll take beer to a friend's house, you know, somebody who drinks like Peroni or, uh, you know, standard Pilsners. And, you know, open a funky, sour beer with fruit in it. And he's like, that's not beer. But it is. And so we need to revise these standards so that, you know, this is actually meeting the definition of beer. Not that my friend would ever read the CFIA consultation uh, papers about beer standards. But I think it's worth, you know, looking at. You have to have these rules in place so we can figure out what is and what is isn't beer.
0: We're talking beer with Ben Johnson. You can check out bensbeerblog.com. With regard to some companies that might be producing something that is called beer now, could they be trembling that all of a sudden they don't fit into the definition or could this be more widespread?
6: I don't think so. I don't think anyone's scared. There is a potential, there are some rules in there about the amount of sugar that can be used in a beer now, so uh which is a good thing. I mean, we have these sort of like Bud Light lime products that are probably like I don't know, 25% sugar. I'm just throwing a number out there, but there's also a big movement in beer right now to do what's called a milkshake beer. And basically they're adding lactose to beer to make it sort of sweet, sort of uh, vanilla flavored. And so depending on which way these consultations go, there's a potential that milkshake beers could no longer be called beer, but I'm confident that it's, it's such a large trend that they'll, they'll change these rules in order to meet, you know, in order, in order to adapt. So you can continue to call like a milkshake. IPA is in fact a beer. Um, I think the thing that, that uh, maybe is being overlooked is that part of these rule changes are proposing that uh, we have to be more transparent about what's on uh, in the beer, on the labels that are on the beer. So I think that's a really great thing. Um, a lot of beer you pick up, it's pretty vague what's in the can, and I'm all for consumers having more transparency about what's in the bottle or can in their hands. So I think it's a really great change, and that might be a place where some people are trembling. Um Some of the big brewers, maybe that are using adjuncts, which is essentially like a cheap additive to get more bang for their buck, will have to now list that on their bottle and cans. And, you know, the big breweries that are putting out beer in the millions and millions of liters will have to now buy all new labels and cans and bottles. So there could be a potential expense there. But from a consumer standpoint, I think it's a good thing.
0: You mentioned milkshake IPA. Have you tried one of those? I have. They're really popular. I'm
6: not a big fan. I, I mean, I get it, but you know,
0: it seems kind of
6: gimmicky, and it's interesting. Does it not my thing?
0: Does it have like a beer slash milkshake taste?
6: It does have a beer slash milkshake taste. It's basically a, you know, the the lactose tends to add sort of like a like a creamier mouthfeel and then sort of an underlying vanilla. So you'll see a lot of like fruit. IPA. So, like, it will be like a, a raspberry milkshake IPA. So, you've got fruit added, and then the, the lactose will add a, a vanilla element. So, you've got sort of like this semi sweet beer thing going on. And then the IPA has a bitterness, so it kind of balances it out. It's, it's, it, people love them. I'm just kind of over it, you know?
0: <laughs> sure. Ben Johnson with us from Ben's Beer Blog. You can read Ben's Beer Blog at Ben's Beer com. One last thing, Ben, and that is the fact that the conservatives have said when they take power, buck a beer is coming. Any thoughts, anything that, that, because it sounds great, other than, hey, we're going to be trying to find tax dollars somewhere else if we lower the price of beer. But other than that, it sounds great. Do you see any non-silver linings outside of tax dollars? Uh,
6: well, the, the real thing is that it's never in a million years going to happen. I mean, the the, the, the ceiling, or sorry, the uh, the base price for a case of beer has been raised, and so Labatt and Molson have raised their prices accordingly. So right now I think the cheapest you can get a case of beer is, uh, I don't know, 35 bucks or something. So basically Doug Ford has allowed Molson and Labatt to take an $11.50 hit on cases of beer if they want to. They don't want to. So the common refrain, and I think uh, uh, another beer writer, Jordan St. John, was talking to someone, and the big brewers have said, we will definitely be the second brewery to drop our prices by eleven dollars and fifty cents, because why would anyone want to take that hit? So it's a nice, it was a good campaign promise. It obviously resonated with people. I don't think it's ever gonna happen.
0: Well said. Thanks so much for all of the information. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. That is Ben Johnson, London Zone from Ben's Beer Blog. You slightly disappointed too? I thought it would happen. I thought, I thought it would be implemented somehow. Not just, hey, if you want to sell your product for $11 less a case, go. The floor is yours. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's exactly right. And that's kind of disappointing. Is this going to happen to gas too? Wait a minute. These were 1 and 1A promises. These were promises that got people all excited. Now we're being told bucket beer from a guy who knows beer? Never going to happen. Okay, so now we're left with with the 1 or the 1A? We'll try not to be this disappointing for the rest of the show. We'll tell you what's coming up after the news with Jacqueline LaBelle, and that is coming up in about five minutes' time. Juan on the World Cup is going to be in next hour, so if you are looking for an update on what's happening. And Juan is from Colombia, and Colombia lost this week. So I think he's, he's over that, and he's now able to talk about the World Cup again. Colombia still has two more matches, but uh, you take things hard, kind of like we're taking this. No buck of beer. Ben says no chance. This is London Live on Global News Radio, nine eighty, CFPL. Just ahead of news, phone lines are always open. Six four three twenty two twenty two. Rick, how are you? Hi, how you doing? Not too bad. You're not too sad about the whole buck of beer thing, are you?
3: No. I mean if you vote uh, if you voted to change the government because of a buck of beer, you shouldn't vote. But at least <laughs> at least he's probably stopping the uh thirty five dollar or thirty six dollar case of beer going up to fifty dollars a case with all the uh, excess of spending that the liberals done. So he's probably stopped it from going up. So hopefully that'll work.
0: Rick, that's a silver lining. We're going to hang on to. Thank you for providing that. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Take care. See, huh? The NDP, we're going to do that too. They were going to spend a lot. We're seeing a lot of cuts from Doug Ford, at least you know the, the semblance thereof. We're going to begin to find out exactly how those are going to play out. In the very near future. Coming up after two o'clock, we will talk some World Cup. We're going to talk some travel, bucket list type travel. Does it include America? This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. If you haven't been welcomed to summer officially, welcome to summer. It is here. This is the longest day of the year. What's today? 15 hours and 10 minutes? Something like that? It's going to be a long day. So, get ready. If you were hoping to go to bed early, that sun is still going to be shining into your window. It's going to make it tough. Here's the thing about summer. Vacations do exist. Kids are about done school. Next week is the end of the school year for elementary and high school students. And you start thinking about vacations. A lot of times you'll time your vacation, if you have a family, with when the kids are off. There's always that holiday break in December, but prices are astronomical. They're big in the winter, or in the summer, but in the winter, right around the Christmas holidays, they're huge. March break, huge. Not easy to actually travel at those times. Here's the question that's been coming up with regard to vacations. Because if you don't want to spend a ton on a vacation, there are a lot of great places you can go in Michigan. You can drive to. There are some spots that aren't too far away. If you wanted to drive to upstate New York, if you wanted to drive all the way to New York City, if you wanted to find a way to Vermont. I mean, these things are not out of the question. So the question has become, is the United States still a spot that you want to visit? And it's not all Hey, look what's been happening with Latin Americans who are trying to gain entry into the United States, the pictures of kids in cages, the separation of children from their parents. That's that's not the item that I'm dealing with here. I'm looking at the whole shooting match, the idea that we've got a burgeoning trade war and you can say, hey, Canada just as responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are always two people in a fight. So... But the United States has played a large part in this. I mean, we've had essentially those tariffs that Donald Trump had pointed to in dairy for a long, long, long time. So this, this is different. And then we do have the stories about Latin Americans trying to gain entry and the absolute atrocities, in my mind, that are going on there. And yes, Canada does have similar stories. You also have the American dollar and the Canadian dollar. They used to be on par. For a while, it used to be you could take a dollar in Canadian currency and buy a buck five in American currency. That was, what, ten years ago? Well, we're not there now. So have all of these things kind of taken away the idea of, hey, let's pop to Michigan. Let's go to Detroit. Let's go to a Tigers game. Let's go to upstate New York and camp. If you are looking at vacationing, are you looking at the United States? Or is it a case where, you know what, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to find a way to splurge this summer and go to Europe. We're going to do a staycation. And then there's another part of this that I'm curious about. How many people are planning any kind of a trip in Canada? And I want to bring up that study on airline travel in Canada in just a moment phone lines are open 519 643 is what is happening in the states making you not want to travel there and then we'll get to where canada sits in all of this rob you're up first first of all it's finally glad to actually speak to you rather than email you <laughs> well i enjoy both means of communications but yeah it's great to hear your voice
3: uh, as you know, I've got I've got a trip planned uh, in two weeks. Uh, we've been planning for it for for a while, and uh, nothing's going to stop us from going. We've been saving for it, so uh, it never fails. The Canadian dollar always seems to take a nosedive whenever we're whenever we're going away. So we're we're going to Chicago in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Well, you are a Cubs fan, so yes, that's that's got to be part of it. And you know, Chicago is uh, for anybody who's never been there is such a great destination.
3: Absolutely, yeah. This will be our sixth time there. So, and then uh, when the Cubs are making the return trip to Detroit uh, at the end of August, uh, we're we're going down uh, there. We're gonna we're gonna spend the night at the casino, and then uh, my Lions uh, always go to Thanksgiving. So, uh, it's not uh, you know what it's it's for the big boys to figure out, and I'm sure they will figure it out. Um, but it's not uh, it's not changing my plans whatsoever.
0: Rob, thanks for that. No worries, Mike. Take care, buddy. Bye bye. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two out of town. One eight six six three five four eighty two fifty five. Is what's happening in the United States, and you can go all the way back to when our dollar started to slide against the American dollar, you can look at whatever you want to politically, is that affecting how you're thinking about traveling this summer? 519-643-2222. Another Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey. Nice to
3: talk to you. Thanks very much. Uh, We are doing... Out to Western Canada for all of the reasons that you're describing, and it's uh, the first time that we've ever done a demand
2: today. Forward to it. Uh, stay on. I don't put in the states right now whatsoever.
0: Okay, Rob, we were losing you just a little bit there. We know you're headed to Western Canada. Are you piling everybody into the car and and driving old-fashioned family style? Rob, can you hear us? Isn't communication an amazing thing? Rob is somewhere traveling in a car and he's able to talk to us right now, but we're having trouble hearing each other. Rob, are you you heading west? I think we might have lost him completely. Rob, give us a call back because we know you're headed to Western Canada. We just don't necessarily know how you're getting there. But as Rob had pointed out that we were able to hear, what is happening is changing the way that they're doing things. So that's the question right now. When you're looking at a vacation, whether it is family vacation or another kind thereof, and we haven't even jumped into airline travel in this country just yet, which we'll get to in a moment— Is what's happening in the United States, are the attitudes of somebody like U.S. President Donald Trump forcing you to look elsewhere when maybe you would have gone camping in Michigan, when maybe you would have gone to upstate New York, when maybe you would have said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We are going to drive to Montana. There isn't a lot to do once you get there, I'll warn you, but if you want to do that, it's beautiful country. 519-643-2222. Matt, what are you up to?
2: Well, I've I've lived all over Canada, and um, I love southwestern Ontario because southwestern Ontario is hot, and the summer is long. But we have such a huge, huge country uh, geographically, and there's something in this country for anyone. I feel no desire to go to the United States. I've lived near the border, like I'm an hour from the border, and yet in the 10 years I've lived in London, I have felt zero need, Across uh, multiple reasons, and they just keep on adding, just like the reasons you're describing. You've got the Shushwaps in BC. You've got the mountains. You've got the hoodoos. You've got the flat prairie plains. There's golf all over the place. You've got all the lakes in in Manitoba. You have all the Great Lakes in Ontario. The national parks. You've got the uh, you've got Acadia. You've got the Maritimes. It is it's simply mind-boggling the number of things that there is to do in Canada where you can support Canadian businesses and see somewhere that you've never even thought existed.
0: And you've done an excellent job of highlighting coast to coast. I wonder how many people could take your checklist from the hoodoos to the shoe to lakes in Manitoba and put a check in each of those boxes. I bet you we'd be, you know, one out of eight, two out of eight, most of us.
2: I don't, think it's, I don't think many people actually think of Canada as a travel destination. And some of the prettiest places are places that you would never even think of going, like Yellowknife.
0: Yeah. It's, have you it, been to Yellowknife?
2: I, I have. My uh, wife's from Yellowknife. So it's, uh, it, it's just one of those places. Canada is a gem in the fact that we've got such a uh, geographical difference from one coast to the other coast. And a huge climate difference from the other coast to the other coast. There's something for everyone.
0: Okay, let's introduce this because I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Matt. The idea that you can jump across the border, you can board a plane in Detroit, and you can fly to just about any city in the United States for sometimes half the price that it would cost you to fly to, let's say, Yellowknife or Vancouver or Newfoundland. Do we need to do something to make travel that isn't just load the family and the dog into the car and go more affordable in this country?
2: I think that that is definitely the case and i think the fact that there's very few canadians that are doing canadian travel um it, 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 it's a numbers game isn't it like you need to have the you have to have the demand in order to reduce the cost
0: but, yeah that's uh, a good point
2: but at the same time swoop airlines and flare airlines service from hamilton to several spots in canada that are for really cheap rates
0: true. And Swoop has just started up out of Hamilton and Flair has been here but it's starting to do more commercial than maybe it was doing before. So yeah, we'll have to see how it works out. But yeah we need to to have people take that checklist that you gave and be able to check off everything from the hoodoos and go and see the Dinosaur Museum and see what it's like out in the prairies where when people camp you can actually see their tent. They don't hide behind trees. And then go all the way out to the rock faces in Newfoundland. Matt, thank you for that and uh, you know what the tourist bureau of Canada thanks you for that too. <laughs>
2: One last thing, you haven't seen anything until you've seen the northern lights in the pitch black.
0: In in the north?
2: You don't even have to go that far north. Edmonton's far enough. You just have to be far enough outside of the city so that it is pitch black outside.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm marking down a new box. Now I'm about 2 for 9. All right. All Take care. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two. Rick, your thoughts on this?
5: Hey, Stubby, how you doing? Pretty good. Problem with right now, the travel to the U.S. is the exchange is so prohibitive. I was going to make a purchase online there about an hour ago, there, and I called the bank. I said, what is the exchange rate? And he said it was 1.3609. I said, wow, forget <laughs> it. And another thing I find, like we talk about air travel, and Canada's so expensive. It's, it's all hunky-dory. If you go over to, say, Flint Bishop Airport in Michigan, it's the cheapest ladder, which I've done. You got to park your car for a week, and once you get to your destination, like I had down there in San Diego, you know you have you, go, you got no wheels, so you have to rent a car. So you got to think of all this stuff in advance too. So it adds up. But the biggest thing right now is the exchange rate. It's so it's so damn prohibitive.
0: Well, yeah, if we're getting sixty-three cents on the dollar right now, that's that's not doing it, is it?
5: Yeah, we're getting raked over the coals big time on this one. It's it's just amazing. Like I I hate to even do business. I mean, like, you have to do business over there, but it's just. You know, when you say you got to know them with surcharge or a certain stuff, he just they just pisses them right
0: off. Thanks for the call. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two, or you can email Mike at nine eighty CFPL We'll continue this conversation in a moment because I want to look at that study that exists within airline travel, and you know what, Matt probably said it right that it does come down to supply and demand and you've got more people demanding to fly from Detroit to Los Angeles from Detroit to Orlando for sure than you do from Toronto to Vancouver or even London to Calgary or Hamilton to Victoria or whatever the links might be so that's that's probably a lot to do with it but we do have to encourage travel within our own country, and there's got to be a way to do more of it. And Matt also mentioned Flair Air. You know how they got their start? Flare Air really got their start flying people who worked in the oil patches out to fairly remote destinations. And this was a larger airline, so you're not talking about flying in a prop plane. You're flying in basically an aircraft that you would see in any flight from Toronto to Orlando. And they specialized in being able to land and take off on shorter than your average bear runways. So they would have this little strip and they could set down this big jet plane on that little strip. In fact, the reason that I ran into this story was when the Knights flew to Red Deer for the Memorial cup in 2016, We flew flare air. And everybody got in and said, I've never heard of this, flare air. And the reason was the runway in Red Deer is shorter than your average bear. And so when you hit the ground, you got to know how to stop. And... Trust me, they know how to stop. They're very good at it. But now they're becoming more of a commercial option and trying to get in where a number of other airlines are at more of a discounted rate. We'll take a break and we'll talk about that airline study and we will look at some emails that have come in. You can email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. You can give me a call, 519-643-2222. Talking travel this summer, now that summer has arrived, are you staying away from the United States? Most of the responses so far indicate yes, yes. And, well, let's face it, the fact that our dollar is where it is, is pretty cost prohibitive. And that is something that may not change for the foreseeable future. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. We're talking travel. Essentially, the conversation began, would you still go to the United States, given either what's happening there politically, what has been happening there politically, or... Because of where our Canadian dollar sits against the American dollar, and right now it's not sitting all that pretty. And how about travel in Canada? What would make that a little bit more appealing? Five one nine six four three twenty two
3: twenty two. Kevin. Hey Mike, how are you today? Hey, great, thanks. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I got a funny story for you. I um, know uh, there's a funeral on my uh, on my in laws side of the family, and there's a couple people that live in different parts of Canada that were flying in, and my brother-in-law was flying in from Saskatchewan, and he found that the flight from Saskatchewan to Toronto was $450, but then he found a connecting flight that went from Saskatchewan to Florida with a layover in Toronto that was $250. So he booked that one, got off in Toronto, said so he had a family emergency, and then hopped off.
0: Whoa! Okay. All right. Take me take me through this, because this is great. So he was going to fly from Saskatchewan to Toronto. That was going to be almost five hundred bucks. And then and he then finds he that there is a flight that goes from Saskatchewan to Florida and then to Toronto. Or so it
3: was Saskatchewan to Florida, but there was a stop off in Toronto okay. before they got to Florida. So he just he didn't have he didn't have, he was only here for a few days. So he just had his carry on. And just hopped on that flight and saved the two hundred bucks, and they paid for his rental car to drive to London.
0: That is remarkable. But you know, there's the thing that we should all sit and scratch our heads about when it comes to travel. Why should a flight that goes from Saskatchewan to Toronto and stop be just under five hundred bucks when one that goes from Saskatchewan to Toronto and then all the way down to Florida is just over two hundred?
3: And he did it again too. His dad also had to come down. He was coming from Calgary. Same thing, Calgary to Toronto was almost $500, Calgary to Toronto to Boston was 250 so he did that one.
0: And is there any kind of penalty that you have to watch out for, do you know, if you don't kind of complete your flight?
3: No, no, you just kind of got to let them know so you're, they're not sitting on the, the runway. It's like, hey, I got a family emergency, hopped out in Toronto, took their 200 bucks they saved, bought their nice rental car and drove that to London.
0: <laughs> that is uh is something to add to the discussion anytime you're sitting in front of a travel agent that's for sure kevin thank you
3: no problem <laughs> have yeah, a good one that's
0: wild but how many stories can you hear about that you know sometimes it is cheaper to fly to a place in saskatchewan out of toronto by going toronto calgary and then that spot in saskatchewan or toronto edmonton and then back and Maybe we'll have to get some insight into that. Why exactly is it that when you are flying, if you're going further, you know, think about your own car. If you're going further, if I'm going to drive from here to Kitchener, it is going to cost me more money than if I go from here to Ingersoll. That's just the way it is. I'm going to burn more fuel. Is it... A supply and demand issue? I don't even begin to know. I mean, anyone who tries to figure out airline pricing is usually left scratching their heads. Some people can kind of get it down to a science. There's a, a good app for it, actually. It's called Skyscanner. And you can look ahead and say, okay, well, if I fly from here on the Tuesday, I can get it cheaper. And then if I come back on the next Monday, that works too. But if I if I happen to fly on the Sunday, that's no good. That'll be way way more expensive. So it's it's very difficult to judge exactly how. And I mean, I I don't know how to get my head around it. You look at how many flights are leaving from airports day after day. But I've never heard anything quite like that. Actually, I've never heard that you're able to step off. See, I wouldn't be smart enough to think of that. Family emergency. I'm just going to actually stop. You know, this operates a lot like the bus. You oh, know, I take the number two, and instead of taking it all the way to the end of the route, I get off halfway through. I'm closer to home. So that's what I do. That's doing it, but in the air. 519-643-2222. Uh, one more call before we go to news. Bob, that is your call. Yeah,
3: good afternoon. How are you doing? Hey, good, thanks. You know, I just wanted to share a story i just
0: experienced after that last
3: guy's call.
0: Floor is I'm yours. A
3: final final uh, carpeting for my boat, so i have going order it from Barry here in, in Ontario. Okay. It was gonna cost sixty bucks to get it delivered to London. Okay. So went online and had a look. I found a place in the states. Not only is it half the price per yard, they're gonna deliver it to a parcel pickup place in Port Huron for ten bucks.
0: And you wonder. Where where are the discrepancies in this? And, and here's the real key for the people who are charging those dollars to get this stuff done. Now, you know, Bob, you can go and find this out. You can do your own investigative research and say, hey, this is how I'm going to make it cheaper. So this is how I'm going to do it.
1: Well, you know, it's crazy. I'm looking at
4: over $100 savings.
0: Yeah. And who isn't going to take that? Hey, would you like to spend $100 more if you don't have to? Uh, no.
4: And, you know, that's even including the crazy
0: exchange rate. That's wild. Bob, thank you for that story. Have a good day. We have all of the access to this. You want to look around for a cheaper hotel room. It's not just the commercials that tell you where to go. You can actually do the research and find it. So, I don't know. I I don't see things changing. I I think companies are going to say, well, for the most part, people aren't going to do the work that Bob did, and we'll just keep charging what we do. But... You start getting word like that around, could change in a hurry. News is next with Jacqueline Labelle. This is London Live on Global News Radio, nine eighty CFPL. Oh, be careful if you're headed to Argentina. We were tr- we're talking travel just before Jacqueline Labelle and news. If you're heading to Argentina, things are very tense right now because they tied in their first match of the World Cup, but tied Iceland. Iceland's population is smaller than London, Ontario. That's the equivalent of you saying, hey, I play soccer. Oh, oh, do you? Yeah, I play in a men's league on Monday night. Know what we're going to do? We're going to try and qualify for the World Cup. That's as ridiculous as it sounds. But Iceland, with a population smaller than London, Ontario, basically with a really good men's league team, maybe it's the men's league all-star team, is not only in the World Cup, they have a point. They made it to the quarterfinals in Euro 2016, and now Argentina is facing Croatia. Now, Croatia is a good team, but they are tied. 0-0 0-0 zero, zero in the 36th minute, and they have a little bit of a, an injury break right now, which allows us to talk to our good buddy Juan Jimenez on the World Cup. Juan, I'm looking for goals, and I was seeing quite a few of them at the start of the World Cup. I don't see as many right now.
7: Yeah, things have changed a lot. Uh, the World Cup, normally you see a lot of like teams that they do really well normally, scoring a lot of goals, but now it's not many. Like yesterday, Spain won nothing. Then today, France won nothing. It's just like the the games are so tight. And I feel that, I don't know, like the big names like France, uh, Netherlands, that is not even there, or Germany. Italy or Germany, they're not doing well. Like they're just too scared to play offensive. They're playing defensive. And all the small ones, the small dogs, they're just killing it, actually.
0: Because you don't want the embarrassment of losing to a team that's basically the all-star men's league
7: team from Iceland. Exactly. Well, and that's what you talk about. Iceland is doing so well tomorrow. They play tomorrow, too. And it's just, it's one of those things that no one is expecting much about then, but they're doing so Man, Argentina last World Cup, they were second. And then look what happened. Iceland, I think that no one knew about it. It's just, they tie it up. Like, that's crazy. They what? almost won that game, absolutely. They
0: did. First World Cup ever for Iceland. Juan is from Colombia. You're doing okay because Colombia did not win yeah. their first match. You're all well, right?
7: I'm going to tell you true. Uh, I think we played really bad that game. Yeah. Um, we can't blame it on the referee because he gave us a red card and all that. That's what normally a fan would do. But as a media person, I think we did really bad. Like, we played <laughs> really bad. So I cannot blame that on a referee or a red card. It, it was just a bad game for us.
0: When that happens, do you call people at home to see how things are going? Or or do you oh, yeah. let the country rest for a little while?
7: No, I like, we talk right away. Colombia is one of those cultures that we race with soccer, with football. So it's, it's just something that we have to talk about. And a lot of people in Colombia, actually, they were celebrating, even though we lost. Because it's a party for us. Even though, like, we don't win, we just, like, we create something to just talk about. And we were talking about soccer the whole day. Even now, there's people still talking about that Japan game. So, it is okay. It is what it is. It's just a a sport, you know? Juan
0: Jimenez with us. One (laughs) on the World Cup. Anything
7: else standing out to you so far in the tournament? Yeah, I think everyone is excited for Ronaldo. I think he's doing pretty good. Um, for goals. For goals, exactly. He's he's breaking the records because he's the first Portuguese guy that is scoring two games. Um, so far, he's the one with more goals in this World Cup so far. So so we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's a great player. He is there in the moment that they need him. And We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of Portuguese people here. I've seen a lot of cars all over the place just honking. They're happy. Hopefully, they keep doing good because last World Cup, it was really bad for them, which is kind of upsetting because they have a good team. But but we'll see. It, it, there's still a lot to go. Uh, the World Cup is just starting. We just talked before this. Uh, it's still wide open. There's so many things that could make it through still, so... You never know what's happening. There's a lot of surprises, so it could be another surprise that Portugal cannot make it. I don't know. You don't know.
0: Very few countries have been eliminated. Even Australia stayed alive today. Juan, Colombia plays next on Sunday. Hopefully, you have a very happy Sunday.
7: Yeah, it's going to be hard, too, because it's against Poland. And Poland, uh, they again, is one of those things that no one expects too much. But I was just checking the FIFA ranking, and they're number 14. So you never know. You never know what's going to happen. We'll see. Hopefully we win. Enjoy.
0: We'll talk again. Thank you. Juan Jimenez on the World Cup. Next up, we are going to look ahead. Summer started today. What's the summer forecast look like? You got a little bit of a sense if you were listening this morning during 980 CFPL News, but we are going to tap into the brain of the chief meteorologist of Global News, Anthony Farnell, and we'll get him to look, what do you think, end of September? We want summer to last at least until then. We'll see how the outlook is for the entire summer, and then how the outlook is for this weekend. You're listening to London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Almost halftime. Argentina has not scored. Croatia's come close a couple times. Again, if you have a trip booked to Argentina, just, just get ready. It'll, it'll be a little tense. I uh, got an email from Rob regarding hotel rooms. He says, uh, We use hotels.com. Every 10th night, you get one free. I've already used one free this year. Be getting another one after our next trip. Rates are good. Fourth week of July, uh, 175 per night. In Chicago, so that's Rob's follow up. He had called earlier and said that he was off to Chicago in just a little while. So yeah, that's that's not too bad. But that's what's at our fingertips right now. If you're willing to do the research, and it makes you wonder why is it we have such varied prices on things like deliveries, on you know things like, and in a way, I mean, if you're buying online and and you're buying a hotel room, and we just ran into this problem not too long ago we had to go somewhere for a family event and it was on a weekend where everything was booked and we couldn't find a hotel room and i had actually called around to each hotel room and i had asked them about their their availability and and that sort of thing and nobody had a room so we went online and i found a room because essentially a hotel scalper had picked that up and i bought it for the scalper I did pay more than what the going rate was at the hotel. Not much more, but a little bit more. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's all part of the way that, that we work in the world today, right? And one other email to catch up on, and that is regarding... Subsidies. We mentioned very quickly that we've already heard from a conference going on in Calgary that there are companies who are saying, hey, we were set to spend a lot of money in solar energy in Ontario. And now that cap and trade is going to be gone under the new Doug Ford government, we're not going to do that anymore. Al says if homeowners want to install solar panels on their roofs and not coincidentally, you'll notice these panels are put on larger than average homes. Why should everyone help subsidize it? That homeowner alone will benefit from the decreased energy usage. People struggling to pay their own hydro bill should not be helping someone better off to reduce their energy costs. Same with windows and doors. Same with energy-efficient water heaters and furnaces. Next, stop subsidizing people who are already well-off enough to buy Teslas just because they're electric. Al makes a very good point. Let's get a little bit of insight into what our future is going to look like this summer in southwestern Ontario. Welcome to the first day of summer. And we're lucky enough to have with us the chief meteorologist for Global News, Anthony Farnell, to look at the ultra long range forecast. Anthony, how are things? I'm okay. How are you doing? Not bad. Happy summer. Happy summer, yeah. It uh, has been a long time coming for some
8: people, but uh, finally here, and then everybody wants just beautiful, sunny conditions, right, for the next three months.
0: And I'm sure that's what we have, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. No
8: thunderstorms, no um, rainy weekends. Those are all the things that uh, really start to tick people off as uh, as we get into uh, the summer holiday season.
0: Yeah, if you could keep the rain to Monday or Tuesday, people always think that, that you have that power,
8: right? <laughs> I know, and you know what? We do actually need rain as much as uh, there have been some heavy downpours uh, so far in June. There are many areas across southwestern Ontario that hasn't, haven't seen that much in the way of moisture, so uh, we do need rain, just yeah, ideally not on the weekend.
0: There are some crispy lawns. You're exactly right. So why don't we look kind of long-range, hot and dry, uh, cool and wet, somewhere in between? What do you think? Uh, I,
8: well, this summer, and we've been saying this since uh, the beginning of May, I do think it, it it's going to be a pretty hot summer overall. As far as rainfall goes, I'm still expecting normal to, to slightly above normal rainfall, and that means more uh, than your usual afternoon thunderstorms from time to time so we're still headed in that direction but as far as the temperature goes there are going to be extended periods like we've seen already with those 30 degree days and the humidex creeping up into the low 40s we're going to get that but what i don't see is just one of these these boiling summers where we get these heat waves that extend for weeks at a time i I don't think that's in the cards this uh, year
0: so little bits of relief here and there
8: and that's exactly it. So right when uh, those that start complaining about the heat normally, that they're going to be happy that you get a cool night or a couple cool days. And then the opposite effect. It'll warm right back up and we'll get those scorchers from time to time. So uh, overall, yeah, temperatures I think are going to average above normal and that rainfall also a little above normal.
0: Anthony Farnell is with us on London Live, chief meteorologist with Global News. Anthony, when we look at those cool overnights, what typically creates those? Does it take a a big system change or a cold or warm front change, or is it something different?
8: Yeah, well, what generally happens is you, you end up getting uh, some dry air, so it has a lot to do with humidity. So when you end up with uh, these colder Canadian high-pressure systems that come down, that's when you get cooler nights and generally beautiful days with sunshine and cloud-free skies. Um, so that's what we're looking for, but when you get that humidity like we had uh, yesterday and, and even for a time, uh, to, or not yesterday, earlier this week, uh, that's the opposite effect, where it's just tough to sleep at night and you just have uh, the scorching conditions
0: one thing that we seem to have had in this area already is one of those thunderstorms that in a way sneaks up on you all of a sudden it's there you see it but for us it kind of sneaks up on us and it seems to be especially wicked it seems to drop a lot of rain there seems to be a lot of wind involved is there any notice that storms are becoming more violent or are we just kind of prone to thinking that way
8: I think a lot of it is we're we're prone to thinking that way, and I know the London area and southwestern Ontario has a kind of a unique climate where you have three great lakes that can often have these lake breezes that combine over the area, and you get these storms that yeah come out of nowhere, and sometimes they they stay in place for an hour, two, three hours, and you can end up with flooding. So while these may seem like they're becoming more frequent, I still think that we need we need more information on that. So it's just one of those, those things where maybe you'll get two or three years in a row where you get the big storms and then maybe you'll see a couple summers without them.
0: The chief meteorologist for Global News, Anthony Farnell, with us on London Live. Anthony, when we look at the length of summer, sometimes we're pretty lucky. We get some pretty warm Septembers. How far ahead can you project in terms of how long a summer we might get?
8: Well, the trend has definitely been in our favor. And I know uh, people were complaining, it seems like a long time ago, but in April and and early May, wondering where the heck spring went. Because we went from winter with that late ice storm and just miserable conditions to, to all of a sudden it's summer. So we didn't really get a full spring this year. And, and like we've seen in past years, I do think September and even October are going to be very warm and sunny months. And this is uh, something that, that we're looking at as a decade or two decade pattern. And it has a lot to do with the temperatures out there in the Atlantic and it, and the big ridge of high pressure that develops there. So as long as that overall pattern stays the same, I think more Summers and falls uh, than not will be warmer than normal.
0: Anthony, as a final thought, we're pretty close to the weekend. How does this one look? <laughs>
8: Well, this one, I I hope it is not uh, just a precursor to what we're going to see for the rest of the summer, because overall, cool conditions will prevail. There'll be rain showers on Saturday from time to time, and then even a chance of morning showers on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, it it is still a little bit early, but uh, this weekend will not be perfect by any stretch.
0: But uh, no doubt you can make some quick changes and and fix that up for the rest of the summer. I I know that'll happen, so... Yeah, I'll
8: I'll work on that for sure, and... uh, I know even this weekend with the wet weather, there'll still be some sun and and some time to get outside and enjoy the nice conditions.
0: Well, the lawns will love it because, yeah, they haven't seen a whole lot of rain over the last little while. Anthony, thank you for the job you do, and thank you so much for taking some time out for us. All right. Have a great summer. You too. Anthony Farnell, chief meteorologist with Global News. So, hot stretches. I don't mind that, though. I don't want the two-week, three-week heat wave. I'm not a fan of that because... Everything kind of sticks here. We're a bowl. So everything sticks here. And then if you get that stale, warm, hot, humid air, after a while, you just want that to truck on out of there. Give me some wind. I love the wind. Give me some wind, blow that out of there, and then start building again. I'm in. That's the kind of summer I like. Give you the nice hot weather, but at the same time, give you that change. Same thing's never fun over and over, is it? I don't think so. London Live. Next up, we will close out. Actually, I've had a few emails asking, did you and Marilyn go out for coffee yesterday? Uh, I'll fill you in when we return. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. News is coming up with Jacqueline Lebel and Matt Trevithick. I do want to thank Marilyn for a wonderful time yesterday. We did go out for coffee. I'm doing my best these days to stay true to my word. That's a difficult thing to do. It's easy to say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then it just never materializes. How many times do you talk to somebody from high school or college or someone you knew a long time ago, yeah, we got to get together. Yeah, we'll do that this summer. And then 15 years goes by and it's been 15 summers and it still hasn't happened. So Marilyn and I went out to Tim Hortons yesterday yesterday. She told some of the most amazing stories. Marilyn could write a book. Her dad was in the First World War. Her brother was in the Second World War. Her family is so accomplished musically. Marilyn is an incredibly accomplished violinist. And it was great to get to know her and and hear some of those stories. Everybody's always got stories. And we always sit back and think, nah, my stories aren't any good. My stories are boring. Nah, nothing special ever happens to me and then you start telling them to somebody else and you realize, you know what? Yeah, I guess, I guess I have done a few things in life. So, Marilyn, thank you. That was a wonderful time yesterday. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we are going to hear about a woman who is legally blind but can see things as long as they are moving. And this is really leading to some added research at Western University. Because she cannot see legally. But if something is moving, she can. So where is that coming from? We are also going to talk about weatherproofing your home. We'll talk some sump pump stuff. Uh, We will talk some more travel, some NHL draft. The NHL draft begins tomorrow night. And we are also going to revisit a little something with a guest that we talked to a few weeks ago. And he was headed to the United States. He's now back. And so he'll join us on the show. Thanks to Christian DeVino. Thanks to Devin Peacock. News is on the way next. You're listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL.